Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Bear and Federated Insurance. Hello and welcome to Mastermind. Our mission is to build million-dollar businesses so that we can have financial freedom, time for our families, and make an impact in our communities. Let's kick it off with some big wins. Alex. And then uh, short intros, too, we have a new member. Alex, big wins and intros, please. Hi, good morning. Big wins. I have a couple small ones, I will say, today. So the first one is to be able to make it to this meeting. Hmm. I was presenting also a couple challenges to be here. I need to bring up materials to one job. And yeah, if I choose, I could be uh, not present on this meeting, but I choose to be here. I was able to just order the materials and have the guys go pick it up, uh, which is the way it's supposed to be, right? <laughs> we yeah, can get this yeah. freedom. I That's the one win. Uh, the second one, small one, it's just that I'm ready and willing to embrace the DYB and just put it to work and test it. See if it works for me as well. Yeah. Last week, last weekend, I went to see a job. So I sold that on the spot and walked out with a check. Yeah, that was a very great feeling just to present it, take the time to be with the customer and sell mm -hmm. the job. And one other job is pending because I didn't follow the rules. I didn't sell on the spot because I was in a hurry. They ghosted me a little bit. So hopefully we can, with the follow-ups, we can close that one. But I learned my lesson. So those are my good. Good. Important things. You learn a lesson. That's awesome. Yes. And then quick intro for a new member, please. My, sorry. My name is Alex Garcia. And I own Newman Painting in San Diego, California. And being part of the DYB system for maybe one month last year or two months. And by stay on the day on the cafe. And now I'm re-engaging with the DYB. Awesome. Thank you, Alex. Josh, big wins and quick intro, please. My name is Josh Strange. I own Stellar Painting. We've been in business for about a year and a half now. My motivation is definitely my family and providing well for my wife and two beautiful boys. Um, we are on track to do really well this month. So big win, January. Sold 63000 for just January, which is better than last January, that's for sure. So pretty pumped to have that kind of start to the year. Another big win. I was actually talking to Jeff Havlin quite a bit yesterday. I've been going through the ringer with some stuff. and. I was trying to get, there's some people, I was trying to get some 1099s from people. So I just have this like IRS weight just sitting over here. I was, I had one customer, we're supposed to start next week. She messaged me early in the morning. I was like, hey, do you guys refund deposits? <laughs> that sucks. And that's all going on. And, and that the probably the biggest weighty thing that's going on right now is I have a job we did 26 grand for this guy like a lot of work we we're there for a while we had done like this first portion before christmas 
And we were like about to start for the second portion right after Christmas. So it's like, it felt, it feels like it was almost like a two month job. We did a lot of cabinets, a lot of work. And I think we did a good job, but the last day my guys left some paper with some stain on a quartz countertop in a wet bar area. And it got stained on the countertop and they had got a couple of drips on the side of a couch. And really those were like the main issues. Honestly, everything else went really smooth, but the guy was just very mad about it, which like, like yeah, I understand. It's just carelessness. And I talked to my guys about it, but I talked to him and was like, this was a couple of weeks ago. I was like, yeah, we'll make it right. Whatever we got to do is I don't really want you coming back. Okay. Then yes, two days ago, he sent me a text of just like invoices and he's like, Hey, here's a $1,900 brand new couch. Here is this replacing all this small wet bar area. It's about $4,300. So, so you, it's like, there's still 10 grand left on this invoice. So he's like, you owe me seven grand for this. And I was like, okay, let's, let's look back at the contract that says you have to let us fix this before you just start throwing dollar signs at this job. So now I'm having to deal with that with 10 grand, just sitting out there. And this guy's, I, I think just trying to, I think he's just trying to get out of paying it, but I called a countertop guy. So this is yesterday. I, I tried to trying to prepare. I want to make sure I'm ready to give him solutions, but talk to a saw upholstery person. And they're like, yeah, there's no way we can't get a couple of drops out of a couch. Jeff told me about this product that works really well. So it would be tops 125 bucks to get the paint drips out of the couch. I'm not going to replace a, especially an older couch with a brand new couch. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and, and then I talked to a countertop guy and they were like, yeah, with quartz, it's got a seal on the top. It's not porous. So it should wipe off with mineral spirits or dishwater, dish soap and water. It's like, if that doesn't work, you can use like a lacquer, but you know, I would use it on the whole thing. So it doesn't take off. So it looks even the worst case scenario, we can remove and replace it and then refinish it for 750. Okay. I would rather do that. So worst case scenario, I'm going to, it's in his court. He's got to figure this out. I can pay maybe 900 bucks, but I'm, I was still, I was feeling the weight of it yesterday. So my win long, long circle. My win is that, uh, just really, really in a hole yesterday. And I just chipped away at some things, figured out all the 1099 stuff. I sold a job yesterday. It was a smaller job, but I scheduled three jobs that were in the queue, got them ready for February. And I did all that research to figure out what I have to do. And I persevered and I felt much better by the end of the day after having a really crushing day. It felt like a win to get to the end of a day like that and feel like I, I feel like I climbed up the mountain and, and got out of it. Not got out of it, but anyways, that was a big win. Right on. Awesome. Then quick intro, please. Yeah. So I start with the intro, but. Oh, did you? Sorry. No, you're good. I can do it again. Josh was stellar painting. Uh, and yeah, we've been in business for a couple of years. We do interior, exterior, cabinet mm -hmm. refresh, refinishing, light commercial. Thank you, Josh. Paul Dibdahl. Big wins. Quick intro, please. Yo, Paul Dibdahl, y'all. Here in the high desert of Los Angeles, California, I have a little boutique company. We do good work. We do weird, fine finish work, and we've been trying to stop doing that because it's weird. And we're trying to do the non-weird and the more normal. Not that strange isn't cool, 
get it? That was a joke about Josh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just trying to focus on a a, a home service, you know, residential service painting business, kind of, rather than uh, a custom business. Uh, a lot of times it's like the Godfather where they just keep pulling me back in. <laughs> um, <laughs> every time I try to get out, they keep pulling me back in. So my big win this week was I was sick, which is, has caused me to have a little, a, a few contemplating things in life, but I haven't been sick in three years, which I had a good run anyway. And because I was so sick, and there was a client I didn't want to miss out on. It was a great. It was a referral. We'd done relative a relative's home, and I could tell they were on. They wanted to get things going, and I didn't want to cancel. So I sent my guy over there to do the estimate, and we got. I'm going to pick up a deposit this morning. I has still have not met them or been to the place. Winner, winner. Yes, sir. So that's a pretty big win able to have him and it helped him to see that i'm not just that it's not as easy as it looks mm. to, to walk in and estimate it he was like i have no clue why you even do any of that <laughs> neither do i <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty big win and being when you're healthy all the time you don't appreciate that and like i said i haven't really i've had days where i don't feel good or whatever you feel the effects of age but but i was down i had a great visit with my new granddaughter but she had rsv when i was there and i'm like i had norwegian i have viking blood i'm not going to get any sickness okay and so this sickness was a formidable one and uh but hey it's, uh, it's all working out awesome and you made it to mastermind so appreciate that paul thank you Asa, go ahead and unmute and share your big wins and quick intro, please. Quick intro, Asa Hunt. I own Bighorn Painting here in Denver. We've been in business like almost three months now, so we're figuring a lot of stuff out. But uh, big wins, I found a company to deliver door hangers for me at a really good price. So I'm going to start that campaign probably tomorrow and see how that goes for uh lead generation i've been having some success generating leads by visiting people that just moved into their home and offering them a move-in special been getting some estimates pop up that way so that's been cool but not closed any business so that's not cool mm. that's where i'm at okay thank you asa dion Hey, good morning, everybody. Dion Fouchet. I'm uh, a little bit north of Paul here in the San Francisco Bay Area, the O'Berkeley area. Going on my second year, I, I do mainly subcontracting work for somebody that I used to work for eight years. We've got uh, an interesting uh, relationship, and this will be my second year, residential interior, exteriors. And I guess... The big win for me this week is it's going to rain, and the problem we, yeah, that sounds weird, right, Steve? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. A part of the problem we have up north here, and I don't know, Paul might have similar issues down south, is that 
We tend to work year-round, so we don't bulk up in the summer. We stay consistent. Not trying to take over the world, just a smallish little company. But the drawback of that is is you're always working and there's little time for implementation of new things. And uh, so I'm looking at the next 10 days and I'm like, I got to sit behind that desk and I need to make some stuff happen because once the wheel starts turning again, it's hard to do things when the vehicle is in motion. So I'm looking forward to 10 days of rain. <laughs> okay. All right. Fantastic. All right. Glad to hear that. Jamie, welcome to Mastermind. Quick intro and big wins, please. Uh, go ahead and uh, mute your mic, please. And uh, first time on this meeting, but I've been with DYB for a few years. We're based out here in Southern California, Huntington Beach. Yeah, we're a smaller company, basically two to three full-time crews. But until recently, I acquired a secondary, I guess, business through some friends that were just wanting to get out of it. I expanded my business just recently, which is exciting because it's actually started off really well. I've gotten... Look, the first day we spent, we made it official, got a new job, like a $13,000 job, which is just out of the blue, out of nowhere, and mm. three estimates. So I was like, okay, because they're doing something right, and which is I really love about them. They have a very good uh, social presence on Facebook and mother's marketing groups and stuff. She's just really good into that stuff. So anyways, so that has been a really nice surprise today. And then yesterday, I got news from a lady i tried to sell the job on site but it was quite hard because it was probably the nicest house i've ever been into and the bid was up there it's about a six-week job into here uh, out here off the coast and and she emails me last night that we got the job i was super happy for that the last couple weeks have been a little bit slower i think mostly just because of weather and just transitioning again so it's nice to have that come through and have faith in it and you're always working towards it and in the meantime I was working on other stuff like my CRM, um, which I invest a lot of time in that because I want to make sure that when these things happen and when we start getting busy for the season that I can go full blast and and not feel the pressure of I don't have enough time. And because once you take that away from me, then you know it takes away my enjoyment of this job. Anyways, yeah, those are mostly it. I did have an email campaign I sent out this last week to some past customers and got success with that. Mostly it. We've been in business since 2017. And so we're just not trying to be this massive company, but we want to be a comfortable company and uh, just have just be things have things be efficient. So indeed. We're done. Awesome. And again, welcome, Jamie. It's really great to have you. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Next round. One thing. What's the one thing we could brainstorm for you such that might make everything else easier and or unnecessary? Alex, lead the way. Okay, it's like question for you all. <laughs> also, as Jimmy just working on, I have a lot of tech, I, I will say, as an overhead company cam, paint scout, and work glue, and so many other things that I think is going to be beneficial for myself. But I've been thinking, or maybe too much for me at the moment. So I maybe want to take a lot of tech to make my life easier. But if I'm not using it, it's just there sitting. So my question and or something that you could help me is how you guys manage your growth. What exactly do I need to run my business efficiently and simple? How to simplify. So tech is important. What are you paying for? What's that project management app tech you're using? 
Okay, so Pain Scout, it's $99. Workload, which is a project management, is $100. Mm -hmm. Company camp, I believe, because it's only myself, it's $38. Mm -hmm. Then I just got the open phone, which I think it's important as well. Mm -hmm. I'm on the trial, so I don't know how much it's going to be after that. I think it's like around 30 something dollars mm -hmm. again. And yeah, so I'm just brainstorming you, you, a lot. Yeah. yeah, you need those. I don't know that you should mm -hmm. cut them. We're talking about $250 okay. in order to. Yeah. The question I would have is, why aren't we using them or what can we do to get the company to the next level so that we can be utilizing all of them? So we want to lean in and grow rather than shift back, shift down and take it easy. Instead, we want to lean into growth. And what's the next level? How can we utilize all those and how can we help get you to the next level faster? Okay. Thank you. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. You guys have any thoughts or questions for Alex in this regard? I mean, the biggest thing is just it all starts with you, which is the lead. And then you're just in, I guess, like the perspective that you carry and the organization that you start with in the beginning is going to help your, your company the most. And then also just with, for example, my guys, I just try and make them feel like they're important to me because it's there's nothing better that I can do with that. And if they feel that way, they're going to do a good job for you. Your growth will be a little easier. You're going to have to spend less time working on working on the small stuff because that's just a time killer for me when I have to go in and do stuff that really, it's not really my responsibility, but it is my responsibility. Indeed. Okay. Leadership, culture, critical. Very good. Anything else for Alex? Thank you, Jim. No, everybody good? Alex, you good for now? Yes, I am. Thank you. Leadership, culture, and lean into growth, buddy. Okay. Let's see here, Josh, I know you got to cut out a little early today, so let's make sure we get you in. What's the one thing we could brainstorm for you? You muted? Yeah, I've got, I'm in a B&I group, and we meet on Thursday mornings at 8.15. We usually get out of there. Usually, they say 9.45, usually ends up being around 10. And it's, I joined in. And it felt very promising at first, and then it seems to have died down pretty. There's like maybe five members, including myself. And huh? Total currently? Total. Yeah. It started with over 15 when I first got there, and then people just started piling out. So yeah. I feel like I jumped into a jumped onto a sinking ship a little bit. And I just started a another one. Well, I, I was invited to one that seems really solid. It's CEA. I don't know if it's, I think it's probably a local networking group, but a guy that I had met at a, a networking thing, it's called Leader Exchange. It's once a month on Thursdays. And I met this guy there and he invited me to this networking group. And it seems great. It's 40 people, been around for 25 years, really solid members. But it starts at 7 and ends at 8.30. Obviously, we could probably try and switch around the schedule for BNI, but I'm curious where your take is, Steve, if you think it's good maybe just to jump ship from the BNI group. I've had a job that's made the money back from it, and I'm, I'm tempted to just say I'm going to join into this Fort Worth Club networking group. But the reason why I ask is because I think with the other one starting earlier, I can be out later and still have most of my mornings on Thursday 
mm-hmm. with the BNI, it feels like it takes a good chunk of my morning and I could get a lot of time back as well. Yeah. yeah, I would say just the simple fact that they're down to five members. Absolutely. Absolutely. Find something else. And when you're looking for groups, and even if it were to say a BNI, generally speaking, you want to find groups that hopefully have at least 25 members and are growing. It's ideally 50, 70, but to find one with 50 or 70 that doesn't have a penny contractor is near impossible. Yeah. Usually he joined groups for 20 to 30 range and trending up like they've got great culture and just a lot of good energy and everybody's excited to be there and to move forward. So this one down to five absolutely should leave and join that other group as fast as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, yeah. Reassuring. Okay. Right on. Absolutely. Paul, you're up. Thank you. Muted. Mute me. So I don't, one thing, it's the same. It's the same struggle I have, and I was just even saying that in the entry intro of uh, struggling with when I get into moments like Josh Strange, where I am dealing with what I'm having to do with taxes and accountants, and the clerical part of the business. It still just gets me, makes me anxious. It just and and just that that struggle. I actually just think about this. Hold on, bear with me. I'm going to show you something. What this happens to be right here. This is one of my struggles right here. I don't know if you can see this. There it is. There it is. Mm-hmm. There. All right. This is a piece of countertop that I was given and I need to match. Pregnant pause. Paul, like you guys need to get this when he just says he does weird things and he's trying to be a painter. He's one of the most talented full artist and i don't even think that is uh, a fair term for him he does magic he's gonna be able to take wood or drywall whatever they hand him and make it look just like what he's holding on to there so i was given this by a client and i've done work for this client for the past 20 years i've done every inch of his house and every inch of his relative's house every inch of his businesses he's i i, I love him yeah he called me just to make sure i was okay when i was sick and then he was like, okay, so how's that sample coming along? <laughs> but <laughs> he is a man's man, but his wife is in charge and she wants her countertops changed. He does, he, he makes sure to check. Anyway, so I, it's hard for me to tell him, no, I don't do that anymore. And he knows what I can do. And I do this a lot. And I like doing this. When I think of all that other stuff, I just go, man, I want to go match that marble. I don't want to worry about these other guys. It's a tough thing. And then even the last two days, I've been in my shop, but we have a job where uh, the job was already set. Then the lady saw the the cabinets hung prior to us painting them. And she said, I like that. The wood is a paint grade maple. It's not the best wood. And these guys were figuring it was going to get painted. So she wants me to clear coat the wood, but it's all, it's got just stuff on every door. So now today I'm going through with my wood graining artist brush and I'm going to fix everything. I'm going to fix it. Cause I can like, I like doing it. I'd re- I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm not looking forward to getting, taking my bank statements to my accountant. I'm not looking forward to, you know what I mean? I don't look forward to figuring out how we to pay the guys payroll taxes and all this other stuff. So mm-hmm. it's that, struggle and that mindset that I struggle with transitioning from a painter to the business part of the painting. It's just a huge struggle. And I don't, 
It, I, it's something I constantly do. And you have to look beyond that big picture. The thing that. Yeah. Quick question here, Paul. Did you, the first time you ever did folk or somebody tried to teach you, did you, were you excited about it? Remember the oh. grind, the very first grind. When we first off, we didn't get it. Well, it was frustrating. I had to start painting because I took a path where I said, I'm going for this. And I don't care what. I will run my life into destruction and homelessness. But I'm going to make it in music. I love this. This is mm. all I want to do. And I sold out everything. And we got a record deal. And we toured. And we became popular and videos. We go to magazine stands that'd be there had records of tower records, warehouse records, wherever that was displays on radio interviews. And I'm, my girlfriend got pregnant. We had a kid. And when I got back from a six month tour, ugh, I just saw my daughter and I just saw uh, my granddaughter. And it reminded me when I saw my daughter, she was six months old. And I looked at her and I said, I'll never leave you again. So I, I didn't know what to do. I had to call my brother. He, he's a painter. I started painting. Uh, I went from that lifestyle to keep becoming a union painter in San Francisco. And where you're just slapping as much paint on as you can. You have a job. Mm -hmm. You're wearing whites. You wear a hard hat in this construction yeah. site. And then during the apprenticeship for being a painter, I was introduced to faux finishing and I was like, I can be creative in this. I don't have to be like a construction guy. There's this painting. Boom. And I started, but I no, that was it. I bought the books. Yeah. I did it on my own. Okay. So, so hold on. Let me jump in here. Cause we get emotional about that, but yeah, that, yeah it just happened. So, to me. So, so here's what happens. You're passionate about this because you're a master at it. Passion comes after mastery. And so I remember when I used to hate sales, I used to loathe sales, right? Before I learned to compete on value and before I mastered it. Now I love it. I'm like, throw me, I'll sell anything that I believe in, honestly. So I just want to make sure I sell the integrity there, but I love sales now because and we figured it out. But when we were getting started, things are tough. So like building a business, things are tough. And you're doing a big identity shift here from Masterful Painter to building a painting business, which is not near as exciting, doesn't feed our ego but you can delegate it. You can teach and delegate it much easier than the skills that you have. So there's the opportunity to, to scale it up and uh, to cash flow. Now, when it comes to the clerical part, that's where we hard to hire a part-time admin. Nobody likes doing the books. We all hate the books. I don't even know if accountants like doing the books or bookkeepers like doing the books, but we hate doing the books. Almost every entrepreneur I know hates doing the books. But good news is usually we can delegate that at a reasonable cost and then bring in a part-time admin because really we should be out selling and networking and hiring and training. That should be your time. And as you master business, then you become passionate about business itself. Just like I, you are. About, it, uh, it, it, I ramble on and talk too much, obviously, but, uh, but, that I was exactly thinking of that. And I was actually, and I was thinking, I don't know, I, I got things to do. I don't know if I could deal with this meeting. I'm going to call this is, and I was going to, okay, I got to call three people. I know to figure this out because I am, I've got to delegate this out. Mm -hmm. And I, I was listening to you, you talk. I'm, I'm here. We got, I can see what everyone's saying, Alex, I was listening to you talk about the technology stuff. <laughs> and I was thinking, I, I get myself into that too, where I want to get technology and, and, and hey, I'll, I'll get technology to help me do this. And I get the technology and I'm like, 
I don't know what the hell to do with this. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, when you were saying that, I was thinking, I'm going to hire somebody to do this stuff. And then we're going to talk about what technology they want to use that's going to help them help me. Or we're going to introduce that technology, but they're going to use it. And they're going to help maybe help me make my life easier. But I, I was just thinking about the technology thing because I buy technology that I just let it sit there because I'm going to do it. I'm going to use it this time. I'll really do it. And then I'm like, duh. The delegation of the administration getting mm-hmm. to be around yeah, is probably the, the way to go. You're awesome. Paul, yeah. forgive me. We're short on time. I, I got to move along. All right, Dion, you're up, buddy. What can we brainstorm for you? One of the big things here in California is compliance. You got to comply with this, that, whatever. And I just have an attitude if I just cannot do it all. So I'm picking and choosing. And over the years working for somebody else, I've seen people or ownership getting kept hostage with timesheets and timekeeping. And I'm considering switching to electronic timekeeping. My my payroll company offers that. It's GPS, it's this and that, whatever. It's a tricky thing, though. The guys that we took over, that I took over, has been around us for 17, 18 years, and they've mm-hmm. never had to do it this way. We know that a customer would email on a Friday afternoon and say, hey, get the email at noon. Guys did a great job and mm-hmm. gave them the chat. And the timesheet comes in and there's eight hours for the day. And so it's ways to look at it is to say, yeah, you guys are stealing. Or you can say, hey, this is a French benefit. The guys came in on budget. We just don't rock the boat. And mm-hmm. my question is, how do I implement this new mm-hmm. electronic timekeeping system mm-hmm. that's GPS enabled? Mm-hmm. Tells me exactly where you clocked out and when. Mm-hmm. And because I don't want to end up in this situation where the moment there's conflict, it's like we're running to the labor board to know you didn't pay me for this, you didn't pay me for that. And I just, mm-hmm. I've seen it for the eight years I was with somebody else. I just think it's just the biggest nonsense in the world. Yeah. So good questions. These are hard situations to deal with. Good news is there, there is a pathway. There is a process for it. One is, yeah, absolutely use a digital time tracking. Now, I don't know if I can go GPS, right? Because I think it just leaves a lot open. Instead, we recommend something like ClockShark or QuickBooks QuickTime, and then they clock in and out. So they have ownership in when it was in and out. Two is, <laughs> we call this crazy eights. Everybody gets eight hours a day, five days a week. Until you start using this. Once you do, because <laughs> it's never true. I was like, oh, yeah, I think we have 40 hours. No, you don't. You'll find that you're going to save thousands of dollars, going to go directly to your bottom line once you start putting this in and you realize that the guys are only averaging 32 hours a week. On average, when people uh, implement this, they find across the team that they're averaging 32 hours a week instead of 40. And then you work to get that up. Second, to implement this, or anytime you guys want to implement a new procedure, policy, tech here's the key go to your influencer on your team there's always an influencer on your team that your team looks up to who's not the owner go to your influencer and connect with them and you want to lead with the benefit to them so in this case it might be hey i want we want to grow this business we want to grow it profitably and i want to be able to increase wages in order to do that we need to be more efficient in our time tracking So I have this really simple app that you guys can use to track time and to help us to be more efficient so that we can be more profitable for more profitable, then you guys can make more. Would you be interested in seeing it? And usually they're like, yeah, 
Then you explain it to him, you show it to him, he sees the benefit for him to use in it. And then with him on board, with your influencer on board, then you roll it out to the team. And really the team is going to look to the influencer for the nod. And he's going to say, hey guys, this is going to be great for us. Let's all put this on our phone or whatever and start using it right away. So recap, anytime you want to roll out a new policy, procedure, tech, sell your influencer first. Your influencer will help sell it to the team for you. Okay. Oh, Josh has to run. Thank you, Josh. All right. So, Jamie, you're up. I just think it's the biggest thing. I think that across the board, a lot of people are having the same things, but just painters are great, but hiring somebody to manage, like to oversee some of the projects. So I'm not spending so much time at, at the job making sure every little thing's going right, but I can have more of someone that can be a project manager, basically. It's hard, it's hard to give up those responsibilities. But I know as I've done in the past, it does help. Back, I had spent some time during COVID. This is crazy. I spent three months out of the country and I ended up having a, a helper who made it so much easier. And I just so much less stress. When I came back from that trip, I started to get these things to come back and it was hard for me to let go. I don't want to micromanage anybody. And I think it goes both ways for the guys as well, because it can happen. But just, I don't know, finding a way to let go of, those responsibilities and empower people to painters are fine though it just have like a good assistant would be a nice to and it's going forward in the future and that would be one of the biggest things i'm going to work on okay so let me jump into here i would encourage you one to make sure to focus on culture so if you hire for character focus on culture your crews will take care of the customer you won't need a project manager to manage them in fact, when guys do hire them, that's an indicator that they haven't hired for character and they don't have a strong culture. And I'm not calling you out here. I just want to show you the opportunity because a project manager is going to cost you fifty dollars to $80,000 out of your profit, right? And it's not really necessary as long as we have the right tech stack to set the teams up to win, okay? And then reliable crew leads at least to grab that and to give the customer a great experience and to lead the crew and what needs to be done. So as long as we hire for character and we take care of culture, we have the right tech stack in place, we don't really need a project manager anymore. Not these days, if that makes sense. Sure. I guess it's a, it's a hybrid of sorts of what I'm actually looking for. That does make sense. I do trust the teams when they're out there. But if I nowadays I go out to my projects maybe twice a week, which I don't know if I feel that's pretty good overall, but I think just having a face out in the public and with my clients is also important because they hire me for, for me a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my guys, they do provide a lot of that, but it's like a project manager type slash salesperson as well. Someone that can take over a little bit of our responsibilities because, yeah, that's... Okay. At the 1.2 to 1.5 mark, definitely 1.2 and then 1.5 of the latest you bring on an additional uh, salesman slash project manager. And he manages the projects that he sells as well. But at this point, I think it's premature to bring somebody on. So if you're feeling overwhelmed or then there's some time management opportunities for you to streamline, if you feel like the customer they hired you because they liked you. It's true. And then what you do is you work on transferring that trust to your crew lead. And I remember you'll know when you've done that well, when you pop by a job and they say, what are you doing here? Joe's Mm -hmm. got it. 
but you've transferred that trust to the crew lead and they trust the crew lead. So I'm trying to save you from coming a profit because it's not, it might feel necessary, but it's not really necessary right now. There are other opportunities to optimize and I want you to keep as much profit as you need as you lean into growth. Sure. 100% makes sense. Yeah. Similar to the technology stuff, we use a new system. It's called Marcate. It's a CRM. Actually, my cousin had introduced it to me, who I introduced to painting about two years ago. And he's taken off and he's, he's loving it. But anyways, I was using another program before, and this one is a little bit more extensive. And it's similar, just getting people to jump on with the idea. But I did, I was able to add some uh, talking with the guys about about what I expect and what's going to happen in the future if we start to use these things, but it's still hard to get them to jump on board with tracking and and it it will happen over time. But I guess it's the it feels the longer I go, the the less I'm going to have them streamline it. It's going to be a constant uh, struggle for them and for me. And um, so I, I guess I need to find a way to reset that and help improve that culture as far as their making sure that they're doing these things on time and sticking with it. Yep. Implement the progressive disciplinary process. It's in the employee manual in the cafe that I have for you. It's very important to follow it because culture, you get what you tolerate. And so by following the disciplinary process, your team will trust it. They'll trust the rules and the policies and they'll obey them. And usually when you get to the written warning, they do it about face and they realize it's serious and it never happens again. Okay. Cool. All right. Asa, go ahead and unmute. Yeah. So I've just really been thinking a lot about like where should your closing rates be when your price and your sales process is Mm -hmm. dialed in and what lead sources are seem to be working for folks. I I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but I probably had five or six estimates out there and none of them came through. So I feel like that was like some cold water. And a couple of them were referrals, even. So I'm like, okay, two of them were referrals. You didn't close either of them. Something's mm. going on. So Asa, have you gone through the courses in the cafe to to familiarize yourself with the system? No. So I don't have a cafe membership right now. Uh, it's included with your mastermind. Oh, is it? Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, then. Yeah. I will do that this week. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Right on. And then I heard you say estimates out there. Are you presenting on the spot while you're there? Yeah, I started doing that. Call it a presentation. More like we're standing up like, oh, hey, here's what I got. This includes this prep work, two coats of paint, 60 seconds. Okay. So here's what I'd like you to do. Go in the cafe, watch my sales system, of course, and watch the website conversion. So watch those two first and then focus on um, networking and ABAs. Those are going to generate high value referrals. Okay. The website's going to set you up so that it uh, pre-qualifies qualified leads and detours unqualified leads. And the sales system is how to close them on the spot, how to communicate with value. So you close them on the spot, even when another guy's outside waiting for his turn. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll look into that. Okay. Right on. All right, gentlemen, it's time to uh, roll out with takeaways. Josh had to cut out early. He said, my biggest takeaway today was passion comes after mastery. Posted on my whiteboard. Awesome. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate that. Alex, takeaways? 
I'm just going to be what I cut me from Josh. I'll take the very important to add to my terms that we will fix it or try to fix it before. So mm -hmm. I just have to water out, but I think it's very important. Yeah, he can avoid major expense by doing so. So I'll take yeah, away that. Indeed. Yeah. All right. Very good. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. Uh, just a confirmation of, of what I was thinking of prior to the meeting. And, the, mm -hmm. and I wrote down the people I'm going to call after the meeting to start to get this. It's a weight of the administration stuff. Delegation of the administration. Yes, sir. That's it. Get them, buddy. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Okay. Dion, go to unmute and share takeaways. Thank you. I, li I like you saying, uh, if you, you get what you tolerate something i have to work on we tend to not micromanage at all and mm -hmm. one of my biggest fears are just a, a slow drift away small company three crews <clears throat> don't have all the regular meet stuff and get togethers and so that my takeaway from this morning is got to focus on that and it doesn't drift away and everybody mm -hmm. does whatever they want indeed indeed right on thank you dion jamie I think simply, I guess everyone has similar things in running their business. Not alone I know after all. Yeah, yeah, and I and I know because I I talk about it. I have other painter friends and stuff that we we do talk business just specifically for that. But yeah, it's nice to see. It's not nice to see, but it's, it, it is. Yeah. It's comforting to know that we're all in this together. Mm -hmm. um, and as being this is my first meeting, it is enjoyable and to hear perspectives from everyone. Awesome. Thank you. And again, welcome. Glad to have you. All right, Asa, close us out through takeaways, please. Yeah, a big takeaway was besides watching the sales training, uh, going to double check my contract for language around we're going to fix it before you start charging us for stuff and double check with my insurance rep about the waiver waivers of subrogation with subs and make sure mm -hmm. all that airtight I actually had subs get paint chips in somebody's like kitchen sink and their uh their plumber said that it's clogging the drains and might have wrecked the garbage disposal so I'm like yeah gosh there you go that's it all right sales and get that Get that text, that verbiage on your small text. I'm forgetting the terms off the top of my head, but that's great. Thank you, Asa. Thank you, gentlemen. I want to encourage you to continue to dream big, hustle smarter. You've got this. Have a great day, everybody. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.